Hello and welcome to the glorious, glorious podcast that talks about Bergerac. And we have just watched uh, episode nine. The final episode. The final episode, yes, of um, Bergerac Sears 2. Well, and today we are going to talk about cool girls, yes. 80s fashion, and uh, an array of gorgeous, gorgeous, lovely buffet accoutrement. Yes, and, and a terrifying car chase that res- results in a, a a terrific bit of practical stunt work. Yeah, and actually, Benny Hill probably did better car chases or better chases at the end of his of, of his thing than that one. Anyway, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Jonathan, and I'm Rob, and together we are Antique Dust, not like Wild Stallions, you know, like uh, Bill and Ted. Together we are Wild Stallions. No, as I. I have forced Rob to watch uh, Bill and Ted, yeah. but he really doesn't get the final. Dear, li- dear listener, I'm looking very puzzled. <laughs> now. I have absolutely no idea what Jonathan's talking about. Yeah, Google it, sweetie. All right. uh, so, so, this is the uh, last episode of series two, which is the Moonlight Girls. Absolutely cracking episode. Very, very well shot. Very, very gorgeous. Lots of. Uh, panoramic shots etc yeah very uh, well directed i thought I, I was quite impressed with the yeah with the, with the direction great direction uh, really good scripted general premise of the story is uh girl gets killed uh girl uh, is pretending that she's working at stables but she's really working as a cool girl for a, a new sort of uh, madame yeah a high class hooker a, service high class hooker service in central st helier and apparently uh say the st helier sort of vice squad has only got pictures of one prostitute that works in the area yeah there is only one <laughs> there's clearly She's very there is, busy there's only one prostitute there's only one prostitute only one known prostitute in the whole of jersey <laughs> Let me get to meet her. Yay! She was actually really quite good. Anyway, we'll get to that in a bit. The story starts um, with a very, very glamorous party. Uh, a young girl getting ready to go out, getting pulled away by it with a mini cab. Um, there's a bit of a sort of Marianne. This is her last episode of yes, Marianne. Yes, I mean, we can't let that go unmarked, that this is the final, final appearance of Celia Imrie as oh. Marianne Bellshade. Yeah, I mean, Celia Emery, she just, she was just so gorgeously cracky. Even in the opening sequence, when she, she doesn't, she says it just looks. She just casts a, a side, <gasps> a side, a side gal- glance at, at Jim. But she, I mean, she's obviously too, too good for him. But she's too good for the series. <laughs> <laughs> Shush! Bergerac is our life. Sorry, sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Bergerac has our life for another like another ten years at uh, least. No, I think we've got what is it? Another there's eighty-seven episodes. Oh, Lord. We've covered nineteen. Yeah, if you say it fast, <laughs> we've got sixty-nine episodes Woo-hoo. to go. Woo! Woo-hoo. Then we can start Love Joy. Yay. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Yay. So, uh, story is it's really it was a yeah, gorgeous. So we've got this. So, we, so we're at this. The swanky hotel that we, I think they've been. No, it's not a hotel. No, no, it's not a hotel. No, no, no. But this, it's someone's house because there's a big swimming pool. Oh, court. okay. Uh, they've got the caterers in. Uh, everyone's yeah. it, there's everyone's some having of, a lovely time. There's to, lots of bankers dancing to Kajagoogoo. Yes, there were, weren't they? I mean, obviously, the music budget was increased. Yeah, well, I think just plowed into this episode. Yeah, I think they must have saved the music licensing budget up for the whole series and just blew it all <laughs> in this in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, but it, 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 
It was very glamorously done. It felt very uh, James Bondy. Yeah. The, uh, the bit that I really liked about this actually was the was the way that the so we got to see this long table full of a buffet full of buffet with a, a long tr- sort of tracking shot, and every time we passed a dish, very well choreographed. Someone would then step forward with and a fork spoon, to, spoon it onto yeah, their plate. Yeah, spoon it onto their plate. And it happened, you know, we just saw that sequence of, it must have been like five or six It's a dolly dishes. shot, was it? It's called yeah, a dolly yeah, shot, it's called a dolly shot, yeah. So it, it was really good, but the... the <laughs> <laughs> the, and the buffet, became, the rage of buffet. It looked like Fanny Craddock had been getting an overdose. There was so much beige interspersed with a lobster. Well, it was the <laughs> 19, <laughs> it was the nineteen eighties. It was the there was the decade that that um, color forgot. Uh, 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 it did look like very tasty beige. <laughs> it, it, it looked delicious. <laughs> so uh, there's a bit of a say. So, uh, Marianne is their hosting uh, conference of lots of Hooray Henry bankers. Of bankers. And one of the bankers is there and uh, is being told off by his boss uh, for bringing someone along. That's what the big question mark start, starts from that point because obviously he's, it, it, we come to know that he's married with two kids but the lady he's with isn't his wife. So it's just like, ooh, what's happening here? Outrageous. And the, the, t- the two girls, which look so very, very glam, very well dressed. Very uh, expensively dressed. With a, she's, she's in a dress that cost £100. I know, £150. Pounds. £100. Maybe she Jaeger or something. <laughs> Jaeger was very popular Jaeger. in the 80s. Jaeger, yeah. <laughs> Jaeger was very, very popular. Do you want to know my, my, uh, my, cool, my cool, how to spot a cool girl? in a uh, a bar or a restaurant i, I don't I, know if i do but go on then. okay so, so it, it, obviously that they're not got big hoop earrings and called sharon and wearing sort of suspenders or anything like that it's that if you get into a very very expensive restaurant and all the other ladies are drinking sort of cocktails and expensive drinks uh, apparently i think i read it somewhere like in l or cosmo i was at the dentist smash hits or <laughs> it was his, yeah it was his just 17 how to spot a cool girl <laughs> is billy from sixth form seeing a cool cool girl now if you're in a very expensive restaurant uh, or expensive bar or hotel or something like that and everyone around is having expensive cocktails and everything like that um if there's a slightly older uh, if it's a the client is of a certain age and it was a, a younger lady. Um, the younger lady will only be drinking a glass of, a small glass of white wine, because it's the cheapest thing on the menu. Okay. So apparently that's so 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 listeners. So listeners, if, if you're if you're in somewhere expensive and you see a, if you see a, an an older man with a girl or a woman who's only sipping on white wine, she's a prostitute. Yes, yes. <laughs> you heard it here first. I don't know how much truth is in that one, so I obviously sort of... Uh, and, if, and if you are a, a young woman, whatever you do, don't drink white wine. Also the most expensive thing on the menu. Because people will think <laughs> you're a prostitute. So you can actually... This has been a public information. Public information. So from if, Antique Dust. If, if anybody is going on a date, just order a first date. Just order the most expensive thing on the menu. Then you will not be called out as being a prostitute. And you can actually use that justification. Look, I have to order this. Otherwise, people around will think I'm a prostitute. Yeah. Really? That's actually a really good tip, actually. So. Yeah, that's a terrific <laughs> tip. That's a, 
A terrific tip. A terrific tip. Tell, tell all your friends. <laughs> tell your friends. Top tips. So, um, the girls uh, are talking amongst themselves. So, you obviously, sort of, they're getting sort of grips that there's two people that know each other, they've got the ladies. Uh, and then it cuts interspersed through a gorgeous pan shot of the um, sort of the beach in Jersey and the castle, and it's all looking gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. And then there's and a, then we see a, a white horse dashing through the waves. In fairness, that horse looked like a shy horse. It was it wasn't like a, a delicate stallion or anything like that. That it looked like it should be called pulling a milk float. Maybe that's just like the Benny Hill. They've got the Benny Hill milk float. That's how they created the end. Sort of well, er, well, Ernie, <laughs> the, Ernie, the fastest <laughs> milkman in the in the West. Bergerac, v Benny Hill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, she's being dragged along this. Uh, so look, looking though, she's been been thrown Sorry, off. Sorry, you, you kind of skipped a bit there. This this horse is galloping along, and there's a young lady being dragged being behind. dragged behind on by the on a stirrup on a stirrup. Yes. That's what goes in, sweetie. It's a funny word. Stirrup. <laughs> Stirrup. <laughs> so, uh, and then it's, uh, they say, oh, right, everyone naturally assumes that she's been thrown off the horse. Uh, Bergerac gets involved because she's from Belgium. Um, so the Bureau des Etrangers involved. Obviously get involved. Uh, he goes and visits her, and it gets hammered home that she is from Belgium because she's got like a Belgium tourist information poster above a bed yeah next to a very yeah. very bad 1970s like blue woman with bowl or something you know that ones that were very popular in the 70s along with crying blonde boy <laughs> yes <laughs> um yeah, so we've now established beyond any doubt that she's, she's from belgium she's from belgium because wherever i go i always stick a poster up of, <laughs> yeah falkirk of, of falkirk <laughs> exactly so, so that, Does that, remind me of Paul. <laughs> subtlety, yes. And uh, I say there's the uh, so everything seems to be going along. What he's engaging with a uh, the the horse stable owner um, who it looks like it's like Brian, 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 yes, a typical typical horsey type person. Um, with with jihadpers, jihadpers, yes, jihadpers, and which go which go quite nicely with stirrups. The hot prison stirrups. <laughs> stirrups. stirrups. I'm getting, I'm getting horsey. You're getting horsey. Oh my god! It was like shut your eyes and you could be a legitly Cooper. <laughs> so, um, so she's she's explaining that she didn't have many friends. She she came across here. She used to be a secretary. Uh, all she did was horse, 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 and so it's it's very normal and everything. Um, she shows him to shows Bergerac to her the room, uh, while sort of drown sort of downing sort of a gin and tonic. It must it, it only looked early morning, didn't it? And she's there guzzling away at gin and tonic. Sorry, is that is there something? This is Brian. Is there Brian, something wrong with that? Yeah, that... shush. I know you have to do anything to get through your accountant's job. Judge, <laughs> yeah. Judge he has, Jonathan. Judge he Jonathan. has neat vodka on his cocoa pots in the morning. Yeah, so. Why do you saddle up and get on your jumpers? My jumpers. I, I pull on my jumpers. <laughs> I pull on my jihad purse and. Um, you get your foot in your stirrups. Saddle up the, <laughs> the, the, the milk, milk float. The dray <laughs> the the horse. <laughs> and clip clop off well, to work. Well, clip clop off to work with your gin and tonic in your flask. Yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. Anyway. <laughs> 
So everything seems like normal, everything. And she came, comes across very horsey and everything. Uh, as a uh, Bergerac then sort of wanders off and goes off to go and do more bergerac things. And just as he's leaving, she's there phoning, phoning someone on a dial phone, which is... At least it wasn't a trim phone. It wasn't a trim phone, no, because well, we wouldn't have a trim phone in the stable. Would no, you you'd have one where you have to turn the handle, it's crank operated. Yeah, you have to, when you have a trim phone, it has to be next to a, like a white leather sofa and a sort of and it has fur, to be, furry cushions. Yeah, yeah, and, and it has a, to be on a Afghan. telephone table. Uh, yeah, a telephone table. Oh, yeah. yes. Do you really remember? They used to have like telephone tables that used to have a seat attached. Yes. yes. <laughs> we My, had one of those. We had one, one of those <laughs> as, as, as well. Yeah. Wait, and you had the the space for the phone books. Yes, yeah, yeah. There was a little, sh- there was a little sort of little, kind of like a chaise, a little, a mini chaise lounge. <laughs> so you could sit there. You could sit there. A dusty ladder while talk, while, while, while gossiping. While, while talking to your, to your friends on the on the telephone. <laughs> but people with trim phones, they always had it in very elegant lounges with. Well, we had cushions. a trim phone, and we didn't have a very elegant oh. lounge. In fact, it wasn't even it wasn't in the lounge. It was in the hall. Oh. On the telephone. Well, I always say we only had that that Bakelite dial phone, so that were you was poor? No, I don't, I don't think they like. Well, they, they, didn't, they didn't like the twentieth century. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so being bored up, they, they didn't really invest in like technology and things like that. It was like trim phones were for like for the glamorous glamorous people on Sweeney and yeah. professionals. Well, if you when you answer a trim phone, you always had to be wearing your wearing a baby you... doll nighty with um, a fur trim. Yeah. Think. Is that just me? I don't know. <laughs> and when you answer, when the ladies answer, they take, have to they unclip the their ear earrings off to answer it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, listeners, we are digressing. Um, <laughs> after, all, after all that little nonsense. Um, so, um, we know something's up because she's then phoning someone. So that's been wedged in there. Um, Bergerac then goes and meets up with the dead girl's uh, father who for some reason is a pastor yeah and interestingly enough I mean, it's not that interesting actually but we never find out his name it's dead girl's dad yeah and even that was his passport it, wasn't it in the in the credits it, she's just described as pastor <laughs> yes <laughs> the, na- <laughs> the nameless father he was a pastor. He just seemed a bit. Uh, it didn't seem any reason why he was a pastor, except for the closing credits. Well, I, I, I couldn't tell her I loved her more than God Himself. Yeah, and that just seemed a bit pointless. It did seem a bit, a bit, <laughs> a, a, a bit pointless. I didn't, you know, it didn't, you know, you, my 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 rule of thumb is if you can take something out without actually affecting the story in any way whatsoever, then it probably shouldn't be in there, and that's definitely one of those things that had no impact on the story whatsoever he didn't he didn't he did not need the the father involved at all no, really not really i mean he could have been a pastor he could have been a farmer he could have been a doctor but he could have been anything need to be there he did well yeah true he didn't need to be there so uh, and then we we come to the uh, the coroner office in a sort of the, the sort of the cut to picture of man drinking at a desk with a with a cloud of smoke around, it's like Pigpen from the is it Pigpen from the the from Peanuts thing? Wherever yeah. he goes, the coroner goes. It's a sort of Doctor Lejeune. Doctor Lejeune. It's Dr. A, Lejeune. It, it is it is like the Bergerac, the, the Jersey equivalent of Pigpen. 
uh, where everywhere he goes, it's like a smoke cloud goes around him and a slight of whiff of whiskey yeah. <laughs> emanates from him. <laughs> so as he dusts down, he says, no, she died at three o'clock. <laughs> yeah, she died at 3am and must have been dragged around by a horse for four hours. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that means that things that are a little bit afoot. Bergerac then goes back to the stables and the room that he's asked, asked the stable lady to uh, keep exactly where is now been stripped and everything. And she said, oh, the, the father came and took everything. So... Um, yeah. And Bergerac saying, well, why did you not um, say, I don't believe you that she went on the horse? And she said, well, I wasn't around. Uh, I've got a drink problem. So uh, that night I slept in the car. So Bergerac, so it's always alluded to his drink issue. He yeah, can never get away from it. Everyone is always bringing it up. Well, it's not, no one's actually mentioned his drink it issue. I mean, he keeps stopping doing drinks. I mean, surely, I mean, I would have thought after... 19 episodes, he could have fallen off the wagon at least once just Patience. for that satisfaction. Patience. We're probably going to get that because obviously yeah. Marianne's not around to look gorgeous and lovely. And, yeah. and, and everything. I think there's a bit of a gap before he hooks up with Susan, yeah. the, Susan doll, the doll estate agent. <gasps> but spoilers, sweetie. Spoilers, spoilers. spoilers. But I mean, I'm really, really excited for series three. Sorry, we're digressing from the fabulous episode. It is a fabulous episode, but, uh, but as I say, Next, next season, we have the cat burner, burglar. Oh, I love... Yeah. She comes in every single episode except for the final series. Oh. But she's also in the Christmas special. Oh. Anyway, that's a lot. That's, that's to look forward oh. to, ladies and gentlemen. Those episodes look are amazing. Forward to that. I'm just going to... Can I just, can I just uh, sound a bit of a klaxon? Arrgh! A little, little Doctor Who klaxon. Arrgh! Yeah, I mean... There's that's a bit of a high-pitched one, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's because I'm wearing my stirrups. <laughs> I, think these, I think these jumpers are a little bit tight. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that's, that defeats the purpose, aren't they? are supposed to be baggy. Um, are they? No, they're not. They're meant no. to be tight. So but you can... but do they not kind of like go out at the legs? And then that's, that's, <laughs> is that not? <laughs> yeah, it's there for flaring. So when you come off the horse, you could actually, you could actually sort of... Uh, what was it? Hand glide off the horse with your, with your jumpers. It doesn't work like that, sweetie. <laughs> anyway, go on, yeah, Doctor yeah, Who. Sounded, yeah, so this is my uh, six degrees of Doctor Who. And there's actually, there's loads, loads and loads and loads to choose from in this particular episode. Hits um, to the top three. Uh, okay, so uh, script editor duties have now been taken over by Chris Butcher, who uh, wrote episodes and novelizations from Doctor Who. He's also script editor of programs such as The Bill and uh, Blake Seven and created uh, Star Cops. I don't know if you remember that. Star Cops? No. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Um, number two? Number two. Well, let's, I'm just going to cut to cut to the chase because uh, no, there, there's, a two, there's two characters that, that are called Miles and Andrew and they're kind of, they're bit, I sort of think of them as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern really. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the chums of the ba- the bank, the, the two bankers. The, who, yeah, bankers. Who's, who's spelt o- with a silent W with yeah, in the B. Who's, who's only uh, role in the. It seems to be like Rosencrantz and Gilderstein yeah. and Hamlet. They're, they're just commenting on on what's, what's, what, going, what, on. what's going on. And uh, I'll get this to the right way around. Andrew is played by Peter Craze. Now, Peter Craze was in Doctor Who. It was in a few episodes. and the 
late 60s, early 70s. Um, so there's one tick. Mm-hmm. But his brother, mm-hmm. Michael Craze, played Ben. And Ben and Polly were the Doctor's companions. Oh. Uh, the last William Hartnell set of companions, and therefore, by logical extension, the first set of companions for uh, Patrick Troughton. Oh, so there you go. So that's my Doctor Who, and, th- and there's others scattered around the, the episode. But oh, Horatio's in there, wasn't Horatio? Horatio in Nelson. Yeah, You've already yeah, mentioned yeah, him. He's in I've already done him. Uh, it was written by Bob. The episode was written by Bob Baker, who created K Nine and all the rest of it. I've already done him. Um, so so yeah. So that's my that's my six degrees of Ooh, Doctor Who. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. So the whole thing. Right Actually, just before I finish about about. Um, uh, Andrew and Miles, the, the actor played Miles, Andrew Knox, uh, shortly after making this, it's a bit of a sad note, mm-hmm. shortly after making this, this episode, uh-huh. um, him and his uh, wife apparently committed suicide together. Oh, that's very sad. That's very sad. Hmm. Oh. Maybe they didn't like the car chase. Well, anyway, we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that in a minute. So, yeah. Sad note, moment of silence. Okay, let's go. Um, so, where are we? So we had the coroner, we've worked out that the sighting afoot with the stable owner. Um, she then gets arrested um, when she's trying to take a horse over to Copenhagen. Yeah. We've also met Prue. Prue, Prue is the... Uh, Prue Not is Prue Leaf. Prue Leaf, not Prue Leaf. Not Prue no, Leaf, no, no, just no, no, to be very clear no. about it. Not Prue Leaf. Another Prue. She was busy in Australia writing naughty novels. Another catering Prue. It was a catering Prue um, who did the catering for the original party. Uh, she's got a very, very popular chef. and uh, Who's billed as chef. Chef. I think, I think you know, um, Bob Baker must have run out of ideas Name. when it comes to, to naming his characters. Yes. Chef. Chef. Pasta. Chef, pasta. So the chef. So we've also got photographer, locksmith, and records clerk. And yeah, <laughs> we'll, so we'll, 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 we'll glaze over yeah. a few of those. And disco girl. Don't forget disco, disco girl. <laughs> disco girl is my, my particular favourite. So it, it transpires um, that uh, they've, they've uncovered that there's a cool girl house where I mean a brothel a brothel when I was a, when I was a, a kid I was once watching news at 10 um, with my mum and they were talking about they were, I can't remember what it was but but they were like talking about a brothel mm-hmm. you know it might have been the Profumo scandal no it's not I'm not that old no. um, so they were talking about a brothel and I said to my mum what's a brothel and she replied it's something that you make soup in People were living in a soup bowl. Yeah, it, what you probably saw was the uh, for, for the talking about the brothel was the oh god the, the, the Celia is Cynthia Payne ah oh, Cynthia Payne which was Madam Payne or whatever Madam <laughs> Sin <laughs> Madam Payne well, that was really, Julie Waters did that that film which yeah, was really quite uh, good personal services <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that's really a great, good. That's a great, that's a great film. I, I love, love that. that. We'll have to watch that. We'll film. have to watch that and do a review of that. So uh, it turns yeah. out yeah, that our review will be, oh, that's a great film. Woohoo! Yay! Spoilers. Moving on. Spoilers! Uh, so 
they find a brothel, which is very, very glamorous. In a, oh, it's very, not really. <laughs> it, it's pseudo-glamorous. Pseudo it's, it's all reproduction furniture. It, 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 it is Victoriana. Very, Victoriana, but it is very spacious. <laughs> and there's lots of glamorous. Not very glamorous underwear and fans and, and fans and wits and, and, and things. And then Crozier, Crozier's wandering around, and I'm thinking he's going to sniff something. <laughs> he is going, and he flipping well did. He goes, a, mind you, it was a, it was like a powder, a powder puff, puff, so we could have sniffed something yeah, worse. It, it was especially. It wasn't the worst thing he could. Yeah, sniff. there was underwear, uh, under, sort of saucy underwear. And Where would we get this? There's like showed up these like. The 1980s Y fronts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Marks and Spencer's. I'm sure that's British Hills. You won't get this in Jersey. <laughs> well, I suspect you might. So they discover a two way mirror and they have a little bit of nonsense with the two way mirror. And uh, it turns out the house that it's, that it's it, that the house where the brothel is, is owned by this. Caterer woman. Yeah. So, so everyone has sort of a chain of, uh, of companies. Of companies. It all come, it comes back to Prue. It comes back to Prue. So everything's leading to Prue. So we're like, ooh, right. Ooh. So Prue's running a brothel. She's a high class madam. Um, and I mean, she comes across, I mean, I'm sure she's been in lots of, I'm sure she's been in Linda La Pate, Plant things and dramas. and. Well, things. she doesn't have any on her, on her uh, IMDB uh, thing, but she's been in. Tons and tons and tons of things. So she's she's very strong, a very well. So you could sort based. of believe that she could run a brothel. So, <laughs> so I'm sure she'd be delighted, <laughs> delighted to hear yeah, that. You've got the look of someone that could run a brothel. <laughs> what are you like in your jumpers? Jahodpers, Jonathan. Jahodpers. 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 Are you any good with the stirrup? <laughs> anyway. So they uh, go to Vice. Vice don't know anything about it. Vice then say, uh, have the only picture of the one hooker that they know is available in, uh, in the busiest, <laughs> busiest hooker in Jersey. Yes. Uh, and uh, then after they've arrested the stable owner, they, it turns out that she offers them the work permit to work as stable hands, because they, but they're not going to be working for her. She gets paid her money to say, Yes, they're working for them, but she's told that they're just going to work at a it's, restaurant yeah, or a bar. It's waitresses, waitresses. Or or I don't really understand how that's supposed to work. To be to be honest, in terms of the the overall scheme of things, why why it's better for them to be seen as working in a stable than it is to be working as a waitress. I didn't. That doesn't really. I don't know. I, I, that I, doesn't really hang. That didn't really hang together as a logically for me. But hey ho. But as, if they're working as prostitutes, then that does make sense. But I guess when you're just being offered a chunk of cash, you're probably not going to think too hard about whether this really sounds logical or and, not. And surreptitiously... Uh, Stirreptitiously. Stirreptitiously. <laughs> jumpers. Uh, <laughs> Bergerat then speaks to Diamante Lil. Diamante Lil said, oh yeah, I was offered something similar. I, was, I said, I don't need any staff. And I said, well, you don't need any staff. I say we can pay you, and she said, "Oh, I, I didn't ask to pay." It all sounded a bit fishy, but apparently it's some sort of tax dodge. Um, and then I say Bergerac said something about cool girls. I said, "Oh well, well, what do you expect? We've got lots of rich people, so <laughs> obviously there is uh, Lyle, uh, not Lila Lil, Diamante Lil." You always do that. You, every <laughs> every every podcast so far has been turned into Lilo Lil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if she puts on a Scouse accent and moves to Liverpool, it'd be fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, 
So, and then it says, oh, well, all the cool girls go to this disco. Is it Chicago? <laughs> Chicago disco. Chicago. The so, Chicago disco. Uh, Bergerac then duly goes to Chicago bis disco and then sees the picture of the one prostitute boy by squad are aware of in this very packed yeah. bar. So interestingly, in a, in a cast full of people with no names, she does have a name. Her name is Annie. Annie, yeah. I, I liked Annie. Annie. She, she, yeah, so, the only black person <laughs> in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Or oh, actually pretty all, much. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. You like them exotic, obviously. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Certain, you know, the, the, the only black... You're right, it's a prostitute. I mean, I mean really, what, what are we meant to make of that? Yeah. Uh, what she, are we she, meant to make of that? But she did seem very, very... Quite... Very... She, the, the actress made... Well, she, 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 she was good. She was a terrific actress. She was good, and she was saying, well, yeah, I want to see people in the eye when I'm speaking to them. I'm not going to work for someone else. <laughs> yeah, okay. What is he saying else? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, just, I, did, I did have a slight smirk at that line. So. And she orders some drink with some cocktail... And uh, Bergerac goes, oh, there's not a much Cuba rum. Libra. A Cuba Libra. A Cuba Libra. And, she's, and he said, oh, there's not much rum in that. Um, and he gives the barman five pounds and says, we'll keep the change. And the barman says, there is no change. I want to hear my Cuba Libra story. Oh, what's your Cuba Libra story? Again, this is leading to my childhood. <laughs> um, you know, a Cuba Libra. Cuba Libra means free Cuba. Uh-huh. And the dictator of Cuba is this Fidel Castro, uh-huh. who was very famous for wearing uh, safari suits. Uh, one one year, we, my family went on holiday to Mallorca, mm-hmm. and trip. my father, for some reason, had taken to to wearing safari, safari suits. suits. <laughs> and he goes launches up to the bar, and orders a, and he, he likes to drink rum as well. So he launches <laughs> up to the bar in a safari suit and orders a Cuba Libra. And the the barman looks him up and down and says, "There you go, Fidel." <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very interesting story. Did he, did he burn the, the burn the safari suit instantly? <laughs> Down to his speedo. I don't remember that, but he. <laughs> oh, we we just went to holidays in Petheli. <laughs> growing up, we never had a trim phone either. No. <laughs> you had I had a deprived you, childhood. Yeah, you had an old bakelite thing with a crankshaft you had to turn to, <laughs> but to, to to connect to the operator in, the, in did, the village post office. But we did actually own the house in Petheli, which had an arga. It was a red one. I wish I had an arga. Our floors too, too flimsy. For yeah, our floors too flimsy, and our, and our bank sorry. account is too empty. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, we need sponsors. Could someone sponsor yeah. us? So I can have an argument. Yeah, we're going to set up a, a Patreon account. <laughs> Patreon account by, by Jonathan and Arga. By John and, and Arga. And strengthen the floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, by Jonathan and Arga and an RSJ. <laughs> Marvellous. <laughs> So anyway, she gives them a little bit of information. There's Sorry, a, who does? The, um, lost the black track. prostitute <laughs> called Annie. I completely lost track. The black yeah, 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 yeah. So we're, yeah, we're in Chicago and people are dancing to the disco beat. <laughs> uh, then it all neatly goes around when uh, Charlotte phones the, phones the Chicago bar. God knows yeah. how they could find yeah. where we're that, that was that was a striking thing. Uh, there was two. There was two occasions when. 
when the office, well, I suppose he probably tells the office where he's going. I mean, there is that possibility, but but he's in two places and he receives a phone call from the from the office. <laughs> yeah, the, tabs the, on him. Oh yeah, Jim's off to go talk to a black prostitute in Chicago. Okay, right. So Charlotte's phoning. Hi, Jersey four seven one. Yeah, actually, you know what? I just think Charlotte's keeping tabs on him. <laughs> yeah, so she's probably got a tracker, a tracker device. Probably, <laughs> probably, because you know she's still holding in there. I, you know, yeah, I, I think she's going to be very pleased that oh, Marianne's not around, yeah, so I, she could she could start. Yeah, 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 I definitely think so. I think. Well, wait till wait but, till uh, Philippa Duda turns. Turn I have to. I does. have to mention hmm? Charlotte and her plants. She seems in in her office. You have to. Yeah, we do. Sorry, Charlotte. We're well. Charlotte, well renowned for killing plants. By you, (laughs) renowned by (laughs) you, by no one else. But Jonathan is very is convinced that she's some kind of potted plant serial killer. (laughs) But say the shot. It seems like she's opening up a garden centre because it just seems to be greenery everywhere. She's trying to to mask out the fireplace that's behind behind. Well, she's probably trying to compensate with the fact she hasn't had any 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 lines, any lines or any, <laughs> anything to do for the last sort of six episodes. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, for an elongated way, say, so, well, she she actually phones up and says, "Oh, well, the person owns this, owns a company, da, 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 which all leads back to Prue." So then Bergerac goes and speaks to Prue. Prue's actually then putting on a an event. It's a rather chef. dismal event. It's a dismal event it about some dis- race driver. It was dismal. It's a race driver, and they've got some blonde bin in the in in, in the racing car holding so two books. They have to push. That's a pusher in the racing car in there, and then there's this canned like, yay! Yeah, and uh, then there's a, a table of canapes. <laughs> And then say, "Oh, we need some more canapes." Yeah, and there's a chef, but business, but business with the French chef. Yes, and uh, then Bergerac then interviews Prue and says about these houses. So, yeah, I've got these houses, and say, "Working girls, do you know these working girls?" And says, "Well, no." Well, what about that one over there? That one was there at the, at the party. And I say, "That person's been ordered." I was told to say the chef said, "Book her to to do it." So and then the Bergerac chef. then looks at the chef. Uh, well, the chef follow- is gone by this time. The, the chef's, chef's gone, gone off to go get some more canapes. Get more canapes. In, his, in his Renault van. His Renault van. His elderly uh, Renault van. <laughs> and Bergerac's driving around. And his very... This sports car looks a little bit haggard in this episode. It looked haggard in every episode. <laughs> it's it knackered. It's like a sports car. It's like... <laughs> I'm sure they have like a, a runner just pushing it <laughs> behind. Uh, the, uh, so the chef then realizes oh, I've been, been rumbled. rumbled. So then they have this most inconceivable and very slow. Yeah. So the chef puts this tray of canapes in the back of his, and then in the back of this this knackered old van. It's, it's like it's like a. Wacky races. Yeah, or you could have a motability scooter running by quicker than it was. Yeah. They they have have some sort of. So the chef's off, takes hairs off in his knackered old van, and Jim takes after him in his His knackered old sports car. And then there's a scuff mark on the side of a Renault 19. By the Renault, by the little, by the chef driving van, yeah. um, wacky races, uh, and then a, a, a truck stops at sort of the road in the road, and then Bergerac's car has to go up and down the pavement, and it's like, you know, God, I don't think that car can cope with that. Uh, and then there's, I wouldn't have liked to have been in the car. Then there was that. It's like roadworks, trucks, and then suddenly this Renault van suddenly just 
very slowly, very slowly, <laughs> very slowly <laughs> drives, <laughs> drives inelegantly off the cliff. And then the next shot you have where it's flat. Yeah. It's just really weird because it, it goes very slowly over the edge of this cliff, as you say. And you obviously didn't have the of the brakes must have been knackered as well as everything else and it's all like slides down and then it cuts away and cuts back and the, the car is completely pulverised <laughs> when did that happen when did that happen how did that happen one good thing is though it wasn't made of explodium no there was no explosion. it probably cost a lot and it probably ruined the coastline <laughs> well it would have done you don't want to ruin the Jersey coastline with an exploding Renault 4 van Especially with canapes in the back. I bet well, those I canapes that, that, really The inside of that van must have been plastered with, with smoked salmon and cream cheese <laughs> after, yeah. after that. Yeah. Well, smoked salmon and cream cheese are sort of various sort of beige canapes. Yeah. They're well known as fire retardant. Really? <laughs> yes, of course. Did you not know of this? Of course. Really? That, 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 was, that was in the Fanny Craddock book. Fire retardant recipes. Mm. Primula. <laughs> so... so there we go. Then it cuts back to the French. The, 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 I, think, I think she's a French prostitute, the one that was in the racing car. She then admits that she knows what's happened, that uh, one of the bankers strangled her friend and the banker then paid the chef to get rid of the body. And then she went on the run. Then she's come back and then she says, I will identify the person. I identifies the person as some sort of inconceivable thing where... She's there looking all dainty with some diamantes uh, on the bedroom. On the, uh, and yeah, and they're, she's being, they're being observed through, through the, the two-way the mirror. TV mirror. And she's saying, and so you, you killed her. I said, well, I paid a lot. So I'm going to pay a lot for this one. And then just sort of inconceivably go, starts wringing her neck. <laughs> yeah, which is really so, like... Really she's rather surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and then thankfully the, the police came in at that point and yeah. stopped. So it turns out that the bankers is some kind of jujitsu so, expert. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> He's a student of Mr. Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. I mean, they've got a really nice, really, really well painted, really painted fence, <laughs> and a very, very glossed XR3 eye cabriolet. Yeah. <laughs> and then so the story all resolves itself. Yes. Oh, but he damages his it damages his fist on a chastity belt. Well, he hits him. Not hit him on the head with a chastity belt, or no? He so he, he aims to to punch him, but he pushes it, pushes him up with the chastity oh, belt. So. But why would you have a chastity belt, uh, a prostitute? Because um, aren't you meant to go there to get your knocks off, not to sort of like get your knocks <laughs> off, get, get, get your rocks off? Um. I think I, th I think we were, <laughs> we're, we're, we're too of, much into it. Yeah, we're, we're moving into the the realms of um, fetishism there that right. we probably want to to, no, we'll there. to, to pull I'm probably off camera. There's lo lots of half drunk glasses of very cheap white wine. Yeah, so we'll, <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll just pull a veil over that. Yes. So unfortunately, this is the very last episode with um, uh, Marianne. Yeah. I'm yeah. very sad yeah. about that. We've, we've had the whole series and you still can't remember her name. No. It's, uh, yeah. We called her Anne-Marie last oh, week. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's like an anagram. It's just, just to keep our listeners interested. So, who's that anagram? At least the next girlfriend has a name that you're probably more likely Susan. to remember. <laughs> Susan. It's like your, your sister's called Susan. Yeah. So you can't forget her. Nope. <laughs> the crafting room. Nope. You can't go anywhere with, with, uh, without uh, Rob's sister. So she, she's a big crafter, so everywhere she goes is like a, a trail of glitter and a sort of sticky glue. 
I hope it's glue. So, <laughs> so that ends series two. Um, so that's very very good rollicking one, even though it's an inconceivable car chase. Um, we are going to be changing the slight format of uh, our. Uh, podcast. Yes, we have decided it's far too exciting to we decided to, to drink white wine during. The we're going to drink white wine. Cheap and, white wine. I uh, look for the fifty pounds on the on the bedside table. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, no. no, we are going to up the stakes we're, of our Bergerac we're podcast. Up the ante. Woo! Yay! Up so ante. because uh, we are getting quite a lot of messages with lots of people saying um, we can't wait once a week, so we are going to be up in the ante. We're going to be trying to bring out a week for because obviously we are like holding ourselves back from pressing play for the next episode it's like binge tv so we're going to be rollicking through bergerac um so if you have any questions please so brace yourself know. brace yourselves love yes i hope that brace yourself john nettles we're going to be rollicking through <laughs> you yeah we're rollicking towards you john Woo-hoo! uh so we are going to be upping it to three episodes a week. Um, this will be going from next week. So it will be on a Sunday, a Wednesday and a Friday. Or indeed, whatever day you happen to stumble upon us on your podcast yeah. machine. Yes, podcast machine. On which I had a lovely network that you listen to us on. But if you wish to get in contact, we're uh, at Antique Dust on all social media platforms. We are very needy. Please press subscribe. Please share your comments. Even if you hate what we say, just say something. So, in you the don't sound so needy. Oh, sorry. I just, just have an, it's so If I had an argo, I wouldn't so, sound so needy. I'd be like whipping through the Crusoe manual and looking, trying to find sort of gorgeous pants to go match the colour of the argo. Okay. So it's very, it's very tragic. My uh, my office is next to the argo shop, so it's sort of it's got a smeary window. Every, yeah, the uh, there's time. nose marks, greedy yeah. nose marks. Yeah, they, they seem to, they, they've got a, they've, the gorgeous kitchen display they have. They've got a, um, a a big widescreen TV which they play Nigella on the loop. It's great. Does Nigella use an Argo? I have no idea, but I imagine she has got. They probably one. sell her pans. Does she have a, no, um, no, so I'm, I'm not going to buy Nigella pans. I want an Argo, and if I were going to go and get for expensive cook, cookware, I'd go for Le Creuset. Is it Le Creuset? Le Creuset. Le Creuset. So while I'm pulling on my jumpers. Can get my fit out the stirrups. You, can, you can phone the Bureau des Etrangers and ask if they've got any Le Creuset. Hello, Charlotte. How, how many plants have you got now? And you just hear a gentle rustle because she, she can barely get to the receiver. <laughs> 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 I just think Charlotte's still behind the desk at the, the In Bureau my fantasy, yes. After all, these years, after all these years. Maybe she's still got a perm. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably got lots of high collars. At least she's, she's stopped wearing the bow tie that she was in the last week's episode. That was pretty hideous. Yeah, but she's still got her peaky bow collars, I suspect. <laughs> is, 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 is that what they're called? Oh, I don't. Oh, she's got the the, the ruffles, doesn't she? The ruffles. <laughs> the ruffles. Ruffles, isn't it? Isn't that R- ruffles. 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 That's a chocolate. Is it chocolate? Ruffles. Ruffles. The gentleman thief. The gentleman thief. Yes. With <gasps> Anthony Valentine and Peter Strawley as um, as Bunny, his <laughs> Bunny. <laughs> Bunny. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the in the in the books, it's very clear that that they're. They're in a sexual relation, but it's not that clear. Of course, very sudden. No. <laughs> reading between the lines in the books, in the Raffles books, then they have a sexual relationship, and they're actually quite an abusive one. Oh, really? All of, in the TV series with Anthony Valentine and Christopher. So, 
all of that to me. And they're just friends. Just friends. Just friends. Happiness. Well, we've got to do a podcast about Russell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, I think we've. Anyway, we've, 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 gone, we've gone over our allotted time. <laughs> we've witted off without too long. I do apologise, listeners. I hope you've had as much fun as we have, because this episode has been thrilling. Anyway, speak to you soon. It's farewell from Jonathan. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Rob. Bye. Bye.